We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the quarter season edition episode of the Heapy Podcast. I'm Richard Carlin. I was and with me today. We have Stream B co-founder, 2K coach, Frankie G. What a do. How's it going, my brother? Going well. I feel like life is treating me like I'm Duncan Robinson, but besides that, we're I'm here to have a great night with my boys. We take those, baby. On the right hand of the screen, chat sees them. Everyone's happy. Statistician and pun master. Nikaias, you don't do so much of the puns anymore, but we still love you. <laughs> Nikaias Duncan, what's up, my brother? Hello, hello. Happy to be back with y'all. It has been a minute. Hope you're doing well. Ready to talk some heat basketball. There's so much to get to today. Um, by the way, shout out to chat for on Saturday against the Bulls. We had 240 subs that night reaching Ooh. our goal. We we passed. I didn't think we were going to make the goal. I am buying a Max Truce mashup jersey. I will wear it <laughs> on hangover time. I will then apologize to Max Truce. This is happening. I actually went. Nikaias, can you? I told Frankie this last night. Can you believe this? I went. Christian and I are at the game last night. Shout out to Eric Cortez, who was also there, and Alex Toledo, who was uh, going to go hold Spo accountable after that game. We were all hanging out, and Chris and I were going to go to the Jersey Lab to to get my my Struis jersey. And we were told they have reached capacity for the evening. They don't. They they were just done. They they have like capped out on jersey sales for the night. What is that? How does that happen? I don't know, Mickey. Listen, we talk about Mickey Harrison ducking the tax. Mickey Harrison's ducking the jerseys. I mean, what's going on here? If he sold more jerseys, he may be able to pay the tax. <laughs> Maybe be able to keep Mike Miller if he sold a couple more jerseys. <laughs> so that's what's going on there. So I will. I thank Chat. I thank everybody who supported us and the show from the bottom of my heart. And uh, as a reward, I will be wearing a Max Struess jersey on stream and apologize. But you also you forgot to mention that they don't make Max Struess jerseys. So yeah. you have to get it customized. And so I think it was Carla Tiana in the chat had mentioned that you need to misspell Struce for the brand. <laughs> Should I do that? Well, I only totally have to. Stutters. How many, how many S's? 
<laughs> he was he was also trying to tell the guys he was trying to tell us he's like yeah i got the two in the, in this number and in this color and this and we're like he wears 31 what two I thought it was are you talking my, my bad my bad my bad so you know we have you got him mixed up with Dwayne Dittman. <laughs> That's a mechanic to you. Guys, have you seen how the mechanic is now an institution? Yes. I'm very proud. I love when he players like get in on our bits and our things. It's really fun. I, we love Dedman, who's been fantastic. We're going to get to in a little bit. But let's let's kind of start with, I think, the most important thing, and I think the biggest question mark of this season for the Heat, which is their half-court offense, Nikaya. So cleaning the glass has them surprisingly at 13th. Um, that's, that's a little surprising 94, uh, points per, per play. Um, that's a little high. I think the guys, I don't considering they don't get a lot of, you know, rim pressure. They do get a lot of free throws. Their shooting has been at times really bad and at best average. Um, their two alleged best shooters, uh, Lowry and Duncan are, are, are really underperforming. And Tyler is really kind of holding that up. So what what are you seeing with their half-court offense? And do you think it's going to be good enough to get them where they want to be? Um, I still have my concerns within a playoff setting. I will say once they're facing, you know, within the regular season, they just blitz teams with a bunch of split cuts. And they can just kind of beat you with execution in that way. So you can kind of make up some of the, some of like the pure rim pressure just by back cutting people and getting some, Getting loose a little bit in trend. Uh, well, that's less half court, but you know, yeah, um, they, they can get it that way, but man, it does get a little stark after Jimmy. Honestly, Kyle hasn't had the juice that I thought he would have. Bam has been uneven, I guess is the best way to phrase it. It's been uneven as a half court creator, like he's still finding comfort with that mid range jumper. Sometimes he's getting to the free throw line. Like, which game was it recently that he got? He drew like nine fouls in the first half. Uh, I, was, I uh, think Clippers, he I want to say it was, it was a uh, west, it was on the it was during the west coast trip. He didn't play in the he didn't play in the Oklahoma City game. So, no, I think it was the game he had the big first half, yes. Got to the line a ton. So it's like you have those you have those halves where it's like, okay, cool. This is Bam abusing smalls on mismatches. He's just rolling hard to the rim. He's facing up, jabbing, and taking guys to the rim. And then sometimes he settles. And then there are other times where he, you know, gets to clear out on the left side, doesn't see anything, and immediately looks towards the perimeter to see who he can hand the ball off to. And it's just like, okay, this is not the Bam that we were promised from Bam himself. And so it's it's becoming a little bit of a meme for me where it's just like every other game is, I know I got to be more aggressive. I know I can't have these slow stars. It's like, okay, stop it then. What's going on? What are we, we're all trying to find a guy who did this. So I will just, <laughs> so like at a certain point, I think we all would like to see that aggression meter just kind of stay at an eight, stay at a nine, get to a 10 at some point. What do you mean by but, aggression meter? Because I think the conversation on Twitter today and Frankie, I mean, I think we've been nauseated by it all day and we've talked about it in our group chat. What, what are you, cause like everyone's arguing, well, the field goal attempts and the path, what do you mean by aggression? Uh, Like I think it manifests easily in shot attempts, but even with that, like just play with force because he is a good passer. So, like, I'm fine with a 12-shot BAM game if he gets this face-up, jabs, attacks the basket, if he doesn't see he's kicking it out to someone because the defense rotated. 
I don't like the four or five possessions I see a game where he doesn't even look to attack. He'll get a clear out and then he's immediately looking to kick it out to someone. Like that's doing nothing for an offense that already works side to side a ton anyway. Like, and, you know, we had the recent stretch where Jimmy Butler was doing it without a lot of help. Tyler just, Tyler's missed what, the last two games now. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler has gotten better, but he's not bringing that consistently. Gabe gets to the rim a little bit, but once he gets there, it's a bit of an adventure. <laughs> and if you're relying on Gabe Vincent to carry your half court attack, that's a bit problematic in its own right. So it's just like, all right, like get two feet in the paint. That's kind of where my aggression is. That's where I, that's totally what I mostly what I mean with aggression with Bam. Like get two feet in the paint. And if you have something, attack, get to the free throw line, convert over smaller guys, whatever. If not, he's good. He sees the floor well. He has good feel. Make those kickouts. And then the offense flows a little bit better. I just don't like I don't like stationary bam too much. Frankie, what what's your take on this? Because I know that you were you were you were pretty passionate about this earlier. Um, I feel like the Heat's agenda offensively is way too perimeter focused. I've been feeling like this for a while, for a couple years now. It's way too shot hunting for the role players for Duncan Robinson specifically. It's not Duncan's fault. It's just the the coaching staff feels like that's the best way to get their role players going and while duncan robinson is a very important player to with the gravity and the three-point shooting and opening up the driving lanes i feel like they haven't done enough to help bam out of bio out in creating shots for him good shots rhythm shots you see those game like a lot of his offense is coming from uh he has to create on his own he has to get a mismatch do something there he has to get catch the ball and go himself it's there's never anything easy for Bam Adebayo, who three years, two years ago was a pick and roll big man who couldn't finish a layup, who we don't talk about that enough, who couldn't finish anything besides a dunk. And now he's asked to for a, a team with championship aspirations. He is asked to create isolation shots over and over again. And in the playoffs, we saw that it wasn't pretty. It, he wasn't he had no confidence in it he had no rhythm in it he has no idea what to go to when, and so what does he fall back to he falls back to the dribble handoffs because what is what has been instilled in him is look for the dribble handoffs look for this look for that when we don't see enough to give him some momentum and i'm not talking about screening for him 15 times a game i'm not talking about that it's get him a couple easy baskets get him some confidence get him going downhill get him some possessions with why does it take five possessions to get him the ball going downhill in the pick and roll five possessions to start the game when it's, it's two to 15, you know, like it's, it's stuff like that. That's maddening to me when you rely on him so much. And he has never been this guy. You're asking this guy to develop on the fly and with the hope and fate of this team on his shoulders. And it's like, he says, you have to be patient with him to develop. Big men are notoriously the slowest guys to uh, the slowest position to develop. They mm-hmm. take the most uh, time. And you're asking this guy to be from a pick and roll big man that we thought we hoped would be Clint Capella and uh, not Epe Udo. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the guys. Uh, but now you're asking him to be, you know, your, your Kevin Garnett franchise pl- player. And he's a great player already, as is. But the expectations and the and and like we brought on Kyle, we made a big deal of them not having a point guard last year and not having somebody to create those shots. They brought Kyle Lowry on, and he's iso- He's not getting as he's he's creating his own shots more than ever. 
He's a, he's got a career low field goal uh, percentage assisted on, and that's the opposite of what I was hoping for. <laughs> so Bam Adebayo as a roller is Miami's fifth most used action via instat behind hero pick and roll handler. That's one bam post up. That's two Robinson catch and shoot. That's three and Butler pick and roll handler. That's four. I think that if you want to be a good half, by the way, hero has 152 reps as a pick and roll handler. The next highest play is bam post up at 82. That's kind of insane. That hero's almost doubled that. And Tyler's been, been really good and we can get into that later, but I do think if you want a better offense, I think Bam as a roller needs to be a more used thing than Bam as a post-up guy who, yes, Nikias, I don't know if you agree with me. He's just flat out not good. Um, and, and his his numbers are bad. I think he's in the I think he's in the 30th percentile now um as a pick and as a as a post-up big, and that's mostly off switches and advantages. Yeah, so I guess first I want to make sure that we have the I want to make sure I'm understanding. You. So when you say post up, is it just him as a score or just using him as a post hub? I'm just going I... by instat most frequent plays in the offense. So it's, okay. that's what instat generated are, are those are those things. Okay. Well, uh, if we're using instat, I think that's going to include like the pass outs and stuff. The pass outs and stuff. So, okay. So I'm generally okay with using, honestly, if you're going to use Bambi split, because like honestly, I like to see them run it a little bit lower on the floor. So yes. then if he does get, if you're running your split action, then still fine. He can make those passes. And if you want him to attack, then it's one dribble and go. Or it's a shorter jumper form if he wants to face up. So maybe that's a slight adjustment you can see in the offense. Again, yes. get closer to the paint, get two feet to paint, force some rotation, force defenses to make decisions. So like even if you're switching a bunch of stuff, if you slip up, you're even more of an inner danger zone if you mess that up. And 20... if you're po- oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was, I was gonna give a stat. Go. I was just going to say, like, even if you do have the situation where they run something, you get a small switch on the band, but then you get to that post split or just a regular post up form. If he misses, he can just attack the offensive glass again. He's closer to the basket. Like, all of that seems to make sense to me. Like, you're you're already, like, you know where P.J. Tucker's going to be in the offense all the time. And so with the other three guys, like, well, the other four, three guys didn't plus Bam. So the other four guys, like you can configure the offense in a slightly different way, still get to the heart of your actions, but just make it a little bit more fruitful for everyone. Bam yeah. is a, in the 29th percentile as opposed to big shooting 39% on that. That is awful. What you got, Frankie? But in, in regards to that, how many possessions in the last five years? In the, uh, he's, this is his fifth year, fifth or sixth year now? Yeah, fourth or fifth. How many possessions of the, those last few years has he been doing the post-ups against mismatches? It's five, by the way. It's year five. Year five. But how they d- didn't spend any of those, like barely anything of that, looking for to get him involved in the post-up. So now he's doing this for the first time, really. And he's and he's asked to do it at a high level. Otherwise, the the, the ship is going to sink. And he's never, like, this is why when you're a bad team, you should be catering your offense to the young guys and instead of going Dion waiters Roddy Magruder pick and rolls when there's a guy who is your future on the team and uh, not to rehash all that stuff but this is this it all comes back to that honest ultimately now now he's developing it and you need him to do it and you're you can't take these lumps because your team's gonna can't is relying on him to be this score. He has no time to develop because if he can't hit this shot, then the team can't can't hit uh, more than ninety points, and we lose. 
I'm with you. I mean, I, I think one like, and I'm guilty of that because like I kind of looked at him as the high end being like an Amari Stoudemire on offense. You know, maybe that was unfair of me because Amari is just one of that's the most. A, that's, that's an all time explosive year. athlete. But you know, but like Bam, at least early, you know, you could see. Okay, he had a little bit of ball skill, right? He could take that one dribble, get to the basket. You saw a trajectory because, and I think the other thing about this is I don't think Bam's as a good a mid range shooter as I think we wanted to think he was. I think he was on that trajectory, but he just hasn't been. He's a shooting 37% from mid-range this season. Last year, he was a 45. The year before, it was 37, 35, 32. So maybe last year was a little higher than normal. We kind of thought he would continue that progression, but he hasn't been. So he doesn't have the jumper like a guy like Amare. And I, I don't think his finishing is as explosive as, as someone like Stat. Part of that could be his knee stuff. Part of that could be the overpassing. There's a lot of things that, that are did that, but... I think what he is is just one of the most special passers, especially at his position in our league. Uh, and I do think that if he had a little bit more shooting around him and a little bit more downhill pressure, it kind of eases the offense for him in particular. And I think kind of to Frankie's point earlier, I think they depend on Duncan to greasy offense for people rather than people greasy offense for Duncan. And I think that that's a fucked up kind of way that they do things, part of it by necessity. But Nikias, I feel like that kind of throws everything out of whack, including Bam. I think in theory, this is what Kyle Lowry was brought in for, at least within the half court lens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like he should be the guy that makes this go from a dribble handoff first team to a pick and roll first team. And like, you know, just zooming out, like you head into the season, I'm just like, okay, cool. We're going to see a bunch of empty corner, Kyle Lowry, Bam out of bio pick and rolls. If you mess that up, Kyle's going to pull up for three, or Bam's going to be rolling into an empty corner, and he can dunk on you, or he can make the extra pass to the opposite side of the court. And right now, Kyle is not knocking down shots the way we thought he would. That's probably going to come back. And the other part is Kyle isn't getting to the rim like we thought he could either. And so now, if I'm a defensive coach facing Miami, it's like, okay, cool. Even if they want to go empty corner, I'm just going to switch this. Kyle's not going to beat the switch. And if Bam's posting up, it depends on what night it is. So that just kind of throws things in the whack. And again, you have Duncan Robinson who has been this lethal offensive weapon for you for two and a half years. And now it's even more of, I guess it's even more imperative from Spoh's perspective to get Duncan going because he's struggling to this degree. So now it just feels like a double whammy of sorts to where you have to lean on him more than you thought you would this year anyway. And now he's struggling. So you want to get him back in rhythm because there really isn't another alternative to it. And so we're all just kind of waiting on, Duncan to get it back together before they even have the option of shifting things over to more Kyle stuff if necessary. Before we pivot a little bit, because I kind of want to talk about things that they do well on offense, because there's plenty that they do well. Um, how do you how do you foresee this switching thing going for them? Because I do think Kyle has done a good job of attacking bigs on switches. I thought the Clipper game was a good example of that, and I just think in general, you know, he's. Other than, I mean, I think on the team straight up, he's the best at hunting a big. Jimmy hunts smalls, Kyle hunts bigs, right? So I think that he's he's been good for that. But I think any other switch absolutely neuters their offense. I even think Jimmy quietly isn't getting by guys like he used to. Jimmy's having a career year, again, somehow. Um, <laughs> but he's just not beating dudes off the dribble. And that goes back to last, last postseason as well. I see Frankie shaking his head. 
Oh no, I mean, I was I was reading something else. Sorry. Uh, no, I agree. Jimmy's hitting that turnaround and and that mid range a lot bet more this year. Uh, from the eye test, he's hitting a lot more shots in the in the middle. He doesn't have to get get inside as much as he did, and he's not he's not grift. It doesn't. I I haven't checked his free throw numbers, but it feels like he's not grifting to the line as much. He's. I think he's still leading the league in free throw rate. Is he? Yeah. Well, oh, he's been I feel like he. He he probably has like a a lower percentage than I thought, but um, no. T- but to your point, um, they they really still miss that downhill threat, man. We're we've been talking about that. Like Kyle's helped their defense a lot, and PJ have helped their point of the attack. But uh, offensively, man, there's really nothing going downhill. Nothing easy buckets. There's not like you talked about. Uh, imagine this team with Dwayne with like 09 Dwayne Wade, <laughs> of Jimmy. That was um, mean. I was like, oh my god, wait, Lowry would have the time of his life just playing off ball and bringing the ball up, giving it to D Wade and this spot up and shit. And yeah, and d- direct the offense. He would love that shit. But man, it's 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 tough because Jimmy Jimmy's so important to this team, and he's I like him playing off the ball. He's looked more, a lot more explosive this year than he has uh, he did last year, and uh, a lot of that is Kyle. He feel he looks rejuvenated when when he's in the lineup. I mean, he's already missed like four or five games already. Um, but I, I I'm just I don't think there's an in house solution really to get to the downhill threat right now. Jimmy's third in free throw attempts per game, uh, behind Embiid and Giannis. I got. The, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but like the rim pressure really is the big thing for me with this heat. <laughs> like that was yeah. c- coming into the year, like I was pretty high on Miami, but I was like, okay, if there's anything that's going to kind of thwart things, it would be can they get to the rim? Like I knew Kyle would help, but even Kyle with them helping, like he isn't a pure like isolation guy. He's not a pure beat you off the dribble guy. To G's point, he has been doing a solid job against Bigs, but even then, he may get inside leverage, but he's not dusting these dudes either. No, yeah, so. He's Kyle yeah. Lowering them. <laughs> there you go. So in terms of in-house solutions, like this is why I've been a little bit intrigued with what Gabe Vincent's been doing the last couple of weeks. But again, like he's not the answer to that question. But I'm glad Say that he is at least <laughs> Say no 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 the other guy, the other guy that's the solution, number uh, four. There is uh <laughs> there's one Victor Oladipo who is allegedly on the roster. He was shooting. Did you see? He was he was shooting on the court pregame um, yesterday. That was the first time he had done that. Jimmy has the exact same free throw rate as last year, like literally down to the the tenth of a percentile. That's actually funny because they play even slower, so he's technically probably getting more per per attempt because of and uh, the the rules. That that's really funny. Dang, he, shot, he, he had a sixty nine point three percent free throw rate his first year with the holy shit. I love how this just had the rules just have not affected him at all. He's still <laughs> very much he's all shoulders and elbows. Like it just doesn't matter. You know, he's he kind of reminds me of, of Kawhi in a sense that it's like they're just so strong. Mm-hmm. And they're not like LeBron and Bam strong that you look at them like, oh man, those are big motherfuckers, right? Like, but like they're kind of they're they're like slender, but they're strong. And like Kawhi will truck a dude and they'll end up in the first row, and Jimmy the same. They're 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 just incredible to watch. Just the, the truly height of the sport in terms of physicality. You know um, what my theory is about Jimmy not like his free throws is that he's 
legitimately like squares to the basket when he like he'll get the contact and square to the basket try to hit the shot like mm-hmm. guys like that it's been really harping on and affecting are guys that like will get feel the contact and just throw it up like it it's not a basket doesn't look like a basketball play mm-hmm. also guys that get foul taking jumpers jimmy that was not really jimmy's yeah. thing it was more yeah exactly. the hole. jimmy takes hard falls too that's the other thing that's why he's out with a tailboard. Yeah. Like D Wade. Like I was always scared. I was like, Dwayne, no. Dwayne mastered the falling on your butt. Just great. Just Jimmy hasn't done that yet. Huh? No. <laughs> it Jimmy would no. appear Jimmy hasn't done it yet. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy falls yeah. on his back. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> Boom. You know what I mean? Like you hear that. Uh shout out to Ryan's in chat for the prime sub. We appreciate that. If you have oh, yeah. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime gives you a free sub to use. So if you use a sub, you can use our emotes, including our Mr. Deadman emote, which is our most popular. You got the Canby, you got the Tyke, you got the Alf, you got all the good stuff. So if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can you can get a Prime sub. Uh, I'll, I'll put the link in chat uh, so you can have directions and, and it's just one, one click and you're good. Um, let's talk about what they do well because <laughs> they are a good team. And I yeah. feel like we discuss this team and i think part of it is expectations right frankie like we look at them and it's like and listen i'm the one that did the rants and spanked on the table and said this team is title ready right like you know let's uh we're all guilty here uh but they're a good team and they have expectations now and and they you know they're they're all in with the team that you know two of its three best players or two of its four best players are over 30 um and and like late you know one of them in his late 30s so you know they're pretty all in so you know let's let's talk about the things they do do well on offense, I think, like any Spo team, you know, they they move without the basket, they move without the basketball really well. I mean, it's motion, it's almost like Golden State ball, where it's like mm-hmm. constant motion and cutting. And as Kyle's talked about, the spit actions, I love their empty side stuff. And it's funny because they do it more with Jimmy than with Bam. They have Jimmy as the empty side screener and Jimmy as a roller. I still think he's the the number one rolling player in the league, points per possession, which is just incredible. I think the heads up stuff from Lowry, you know, off off misses is huge. Um, and we're gonna get into their defense in a second. But Nikias, what on offense for you is like you're just like, okay, like they got that shit down packed. Oh, it's to your point. Like I think it is the movement. Like they are locked in to that kind of style. They they all know how to play off of each other. Like Duncan isn't getting free to the same degree that we saw in like 2019-20, but like he knows what to do. If he does get two to the balls, a quick slip, it's bam rolling. It's a four on three or three or two or whatever you want to call it. So, like, I, I do appreciate the fact that they know how to move off the ball. They know how to relocate. It's just the knocking down the shots part that kind of has to come along with it. But from a process standpoint, it's all pretty hot. Like, one thing that was bothering me earlier in the year, and it really stood out in the Celtics game that I was at, it's like there is a tinge of overpassing sometimes, particularly oh, on the yeah. interior. Like, for them to have the plus pass that they do, Kyle's a really good passer, Jimmy's a good passer, Bam's a good passer, they try to thread the needle so often. It's like they they the bad things that they know how good passes they are, and so they just try stuff that they probably shouldn't try for an offense that doesn't have a super large margin for error. But uh, even with that... Not like, Larry pick six. <laughs> but, like, even with that, like, I do... The collective IQ is obviously there. Um... I think that's what that's that's kind of where I'm at with their offense. I do like the way they move. PJ has been spectacular. I know you highlighted him in his piece. One of my favorite things that Miami does. So you know, as you you kind of alluded earlier, we all know where PJ is going to be in the offense, right? Because my man's plopped in his corner. Um, I love when they when he runs hammer screens for Duncan. So that way you get the relocation from Duncan. You get PJ in a spot, so you have the set right, and then you get him in motion. 
And I think he's been surprisingly really good from other spots of the floor this year, not just shooting, but kind of putting the ball on the floor. The PJ push, shout out to Nikias. Uh, hit him with a spin move the other day. Frankie, what game was that? That was uh, was that Chicago? I think it was, he was one of he hit him. He hit him, my, my man with a little spin, a little hook. I was like, God damn. I'm still, I'm still like dizzy about that that putback dunk he had against the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> we I all still, thought it was someone else. And Coop, I'm so glad Coop said it because I didn't want to say it. Coop was like, I think Coop said he thought it was Bam. He's like, I was so sure that was Bam. He got so high. I was like, this is this is PJ Tucker. What? It's the shoes, man. It's the shoes. <laughs> I can't believe he's dribbling. That's that's where I'm. Oh my god! And I, finishing. I like thought that, it'd be like Danny Green level bad. Oh my god! No, he he's has like been in the head. That's the I know. <laughs> it's just... He's like he's like in transition, like catching a hit ahead and going to the rim instead of like I'm so used to Andre Iguodala like catching the ball on the hit ahead and dribbling it out, <laughs> and that PJ going to the rim and like. He's he's all shoulders, so he's just boom and get getting a shot off. It's not always pretty, but he's getting a shot off. I, I have an interesting question for Nikias. Do you think PJ Tucker has been a better basketball player than Duncan Robinson has this season? Uh probably, yeah. That's kind of wild considering. And I, I don't like making this a contract thing on Duncan and I you know, I love Ethan and I love all the guys on five on the floor. I, I super disagreed with his tweet today about you know Duncan and the contract and the production. Um, maybe he has some pressure, but that is, that is pretty crazy. Cause you know, I, I had asked Siobhan in the chat to rank or like, do you have Duncan? Where do you rank Duncan? And, and we kind of all agreed on five or six. Right. And I'm just like, is, is PJ, I was thinking on yesterday, I was like, I, I should, I think PJ might be better than, than Duncan this year, which is a little insane. A little insane. And also a little bit of a problem. Like you want, you obviously take the production from PJ. But also, Duncan has to knock down some shots at some point. Yeah. I mean, I, that I'm not. Are you worried about that? I'm not worried about that. I think he'll get there. Read the article. Yeah, I was going to say, here's a sick way. has been a busy day, okay? You guys saw preview. <laughs> he, he literally posted it in the chat like five minutes before we went live. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it just drops. It, it's not your fault. But uh, no, like, I'm not super concerned about Duncan the shooter. Like, the shots are going to fall. I think one of the stats I cited in the piece on on open shots, which NBA.com defines as the nearest defender, like, between four and six feet away. Yeah. Like, he's shooting 33% on those. And he was at 41% last year. And those are the open looks. And I think he's been around the same level on wide open shots, which is six plus feet. So, like, if those fall, then it, it normalizes. Like, maybe he gets the 38, 39% by the end of the year, which isn't the 40 that we're used to. But, like, that's still really good considering the volume he takes. So, like, he, he's going to be fine. And the home road splits are insane. Like, he's shooting 38% on the road. He's shooting, like, 20% at home. Like, that's going to correct himself. They're, they got a home stand now, so I, f- I feel like he should get – He's hopefully this is the time where he starts getting it going so the fans can, like, ease up because I feel like we I, – I get so annoyed about the contract talk. We t- we still talk about this. Like, this is t- 2010. Do we? Do you guys remember the big, te- the big three? They signed for, like, less than, like, $70 million. Like Duncan Robinson is it, the inflation on, on the salary cap is way <laughs> higher. These contracts are not the same what they used to be. This is like an eight million, ten million dollar contract back in at ten years ago. This is the essentially what that is. He's getting like a fifth of the cap, less than a fifth of the cap. Come I think on. fifteen mil. It's 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 a good. It's not a bad contract. It certainly looks better than the Britans deal. Which, I mean, the guys, have you seen him? Woof. <laughs> Has not been great for Davis Bertans. Oh, poor Davis. And that 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 was just, 
I, you know, kind of not kind of a side. So my sneaky take is I think the Wizards are more for real than the Bulls. You think they're more for real than the Bulls? I think they're more for real. I think their defense is absolutely legit. I, I think uh, hashtag they too small Ernie for the Bulls. <laughs> I think Lonzo defending power forwards is alarming. Um, Like, I think there was a Nick game. The damn Knicks. So, by the way, Nikias, <laughs> you owe me an apology on that. I, I turned out to be right so far. Um, <laughs> Do they have, does Toronto have a better record than them right now? Not yet, but OG's uh, been hurt. Every, Siakam's, that, that's not uh, fair. I mean, let's uh, get my guys healthy, but that offense is good doo-doo. You're calling for apologies. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you are. If I'm he's been ducking Robinson from three on his takes, and he's like, no, no, no. That one for nine? Get uh, yeah, Recognize yeah, yeah. that one. Recognize that one, baby. I, I extend my three-point streak. <laughs> um, But no, like, Chicago's incredibly small, and I just – you, I'll never trust Demar Derozan in the playoffs. I, I'm too scarred. I'm too scarred is a hilarious sentence from a <laughs> host, but it's it's fine. Miami Heat basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Miami Heat tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you ever need as you go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Which I mean, at this point, if you haven't bought your tickets to see the rematch of the Jokic Brothers live at home at the FTX Arena, time is running out. Just visit TickPick.com slash HeatBeat today to save $10 on your first order of Miami Heat tickets. Once again, that's TickPick.com slash HeatBeat to save $10 today on your first order of Miami Heat tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But no, I, I, I'm like super impressed by Washington's defense. Like it, it's they're they're really good. Vooch didn't look as good as I uh, as he's normally have. I don't know what he's battling or if he's battling anything. But that that was another thing that like I felt like he should be a layer to their offense, like a release valve, and 
he, I've never seen Vooch play that bad against the Heat, so it was it was a, a lot to say. To take. This is a lot of Bulls talk. I, I don't want to talk about Chicago. I know. <laughs> no, it was it was more it was more to say that like I'm I'm super impressed by Washington and Beal hasn't even yeah Washington's awesome. They're fun to watch. Beal like hasn't Washington even like Bullock. played that well yet, right? Like it, once he starts getting at his level, so um you know let's let's talk about Miami on defense, guys, because their offense oddly has outpace their defense even though the offense is what we all complain about and the defense is really not something we've talked about i do think a part of that is they just haven't been healthy and i think you know when they're not healthy they're, they're playing a lot of smaller lineups uh, a lot of a lot of caleb martin miami is 10th in defense uh they're six in offense that's kind of weird it's very weird wow. can we talk about the switching yes I would like to. <laughs> I have some thoughts about the switching. And like, this is, I guess the preface it, like this is probably just me being a baby and just being wrong, which is fine. Like, I'm not going to be right about everything. But like you add Kyle Lowry, it's like, all right, cool. This team is finally going to play some drop. And then like the first two games of the season, like, yeah, they're playing drop. And then Cooper Moorhead drops the piece his first volume of his notebook and the heat are switching more than they did last year. I was like, wait a minute. When, <laughs> That's, why is this happening? That happened to me too. <laughs> and it's just like, and then it continues and it continues. And now it's Bam on point guards again. And then like the other day, the heat account posts a graphic of like why Bam deserves like defense player of the year consideration already, which he does. And it's like, he switched more screens than anyone in the NBA. I was like, why, why has he done that? Glad that he's good enough to do that, but why has he done that? Like the personnel that Miami has should prevent him from being top of the list of that. If you tell me that this is what he's allowing on switches in the top of the league, all for it. He should not be the, the highest volume switcher in the NBA. That's not what Kyle Lowry's brought here for. Well, I guess it is what he was brought here for. I just they're tenth and defense for him. They go more zone than they do drop. Yeah, like I don't get that. Also, I'm not supposed so like I don't have to throw a bunch of caveats out here. Y'all know me. Like I, I don't get that. I don't get that. Frankie looks like he just got some like bad news on his taxes. <laughs> it's it's just so maddening, bro. It's it's because it doesn't even make sense. Like we talked about this uh, last night on the post game show. It would be one thing if he's switching on to guards like Damian Lillard or Steph Curry that you're afraid of them pulling up from deep. But mm-hmm. when it's Monte Morris, who is not who you want him to beat you with 25 mm-hmm. points, if he hits you 25 points, you tip your cap to Monte Morris, the uh, Cyclone legend. But to give Jokic a, the mismatch all night inside on purpose with 18 seconds on the shot clock, you're you're <laughs> a veteran team that is already down three rotation players at home. Two of your best, your two best scorers, like you're just making your life so damn difficult. And I don't, I can't blame Bam. I can't blame Spoke because I don't know who's at fault. I'm blaming both of them. If only there was somebody in the media room to hold them accountable. Yeah, oh, find that guy. Gotta find he's, him. He, he's taking pictures with Giancarlo after the game and during the game, <laughs> me mugging. I don't know. It was funny, Nakaya. So we're, we're hanging. Uh, Alex Toledo of, uh, of Five Reasons. We were we were hanging out at the at the at the West Plaza right after the game, and Alex puts on his media credentials. He's like. <sighs> Time, time to hold some people accountable. <laughs> just walks into the press room. <laughs> I'm so proud of Alex, man. That's my guy right there. Me too, dude. The, the work that that uh, dude's put in. One of He's like truly one of the good ones. 
Um, I imagine Alex doing that, just going straight for the buffet and leaving. <laughs> I think uh, I think Ethan made him go go to the Nuggets locker room so he couldn't hold Spo accountable. He had to go hold Jokic accountable. Did you He's see like, that you video? Need an Uber driver after to go to to uh, Brickle. Jokic went on Jokic went on South Beach and apparently at some club he was partying after the win and then the the DJ started playing the Serbian national anthem and Jokic was so a if you're a club owner you can't do that you just can't. <laughs> B, I saw someone comment and then say, you know, because then um, I saw somebody, I want to credit her on social media. She's really funny, but she's like, um, Molly. This is, Molly, Molly's like, uh, you know, the, this is Jokic's city for one night. And then somebody goes, it's anyone's city if they buy enough bottles. It's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Guy, okay, 2011 flashbacks, man. I got 2011 flashbacks of the Mavs celebrating in Miami. At, 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 was it Live? Yes. God. Live on Sunday. On a um, Sunday, too. So, so well, yeah, okay. So the switching deep flower, we got sidetracked there a little bit. <laughs> sidetracked with jokes, um, but the, yeah. So the the switching Nikias gets super frustrating to me too, uh, and for everything that Frankie said, I think it somehow not hurt their rebound. Now, they were like the best rebounding team early in the league. They're still really good. Uh, their their defensive rebounding is is third. Their rebound their total rebound percentage is second. Their offensive rebounding has slipped a little bit. They were the best in the league. Uh, now, now they're now they're down to six. But I think I'm that's not, part of injuries. I'm not super, yeah, because Jimmy's missed time and Bam's missed time, and the knee. I think Mar- Bam's knee at times hasn't looked super great. Yeah. And Markeith Loki has been, you know, they went from a six ten backup, six nine, six ten backup power forward to six to seven, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb Martin. Yeah. So I, I want to be upset with the switching, and I agree with you guys, and I like them to run a little bit more drop. Especially when we saw in the preseason and early in the season, as Nakai said, they were doing it. Kyle was yeah. sticking on Trey Young, right? Fighting over screens, kept Bam in, in, in a drop, was able to contain the roll man. And Miami's really good at preventing shots at the rim. They're still one of the best. They, they allow the, 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 the three least amounts of field goal attempts at the rim. You know, their, their defense is obviously good. And, and, I, and when they have their, their whole team ready, right, when they have P.J., uh, Kyle and Jimmy on the floor. It's as you know, it's, it's hellacious. They're really good. They they do all the right things. I'm not so concerned with it because I do think in the playoffs, particularly in the East. So when Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, and Tucker are on the floor, the defensive rating is 100. Take that out of a hundred. Like that's fucking. That's what. That's what we thought, right? Mm-hmm. So when those guys are healthy, when those guys are closing games, I'm not too concerned, and I think that's why most of us. Haven't talked about the defense a ton, but I think in the East, when you look at the Nets, when you look at the Bucks, even a team like the Bulls, right, and the Wizards, those are all teams that you're gonna have to switch against, and you're not gonna want to run a ton of drop, maybe a little bit more against the against the Bucks because I think they have some shaky jump shooters. But I mean, you, we've seen them win by switching bigs onto Giannis and 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 kind of with their help and, and kind of forcing those guys to be passers, which I think is just generally the air explosive strategy. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't like the over switching, but I think for their conference, it makes sense at least. Yeah, I get it. Like part of why I'm not like capital M mad about it is because like Spo does use the regular season a lot just to train, just to kind of get things in order. So like I, <clears throat> it's a good thing that even in preseason and early in the regular season, like we saw that they can go drop. So it's in the bag. I just want the bag to be a little bit more open. Like I'm watching the New Orleans game from a couple of weeks ago, and 
they're like trapping every pick and roll. And it's like, why are you doing this? And it's like, <laughs> oh, right, New Orleans doesn't have a good offense. So I guess if you're going to drill the rotations and stuff, it makes sense to do it against a bad team. So then once you face, you know, if you get the Hawks in the playoffs and you have to go to that, then you're already kind of ready for it. So like Spo does that kind of thing too. And I have to take that with a grain of salt. But man, I'm, I don't want to see Bam switched out on the TJ McConnell. Like I, like, I, I, don't, I, I, like I'm, I'm with Frankie. Like I don't need to see that. We know like, how this ends. Like, come it's, on, bro. it's like uh, it gives me flashbacks of them, like in in 2014, of them throwing double teams at Boris Diaw. Like that Boris Diaw scored 20 points. He's not gonna do that. What are I we doing? So gets really scared of things. Yeah, that's the overreaction to it. And I the- like this team trapping though. I like them trapping because yeah. they have dudes like Jimmy at the nail, and and I I've said this a bunch, and I'm sorry for being a broken record. He's become like Kawhi, but off ball. If there's something flying around him, he's gonna get a deflection, a hand on it, and, and he's in that passing lane. And he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like I still, I'm- I still want to see this defense with Depot, with like that all five. You know the the four starters minus Duncan so for Depot in there, seventy five percent Depot. If we got if we got the Depot defensively that we saw in Miami for those like five games, <laughs> um, I, as the second ball uh, second guard in that lineup, oh my god, that's gonna. I don't be know awful. how they'll score, but I don't know how other teams. Will <laughs> score. I mean, at this point, Depot can can shoot better than Duncan. We, I mean, <laughs> I mean Kyle for that matter too. Yeah, exactly. He's probably the best shooter in that lineup t- today. Um, Nikaias, what do you make of this? Kyle, PJ, Bam, the, the starters. Mm-hmm. 98 defensive rating. Right? Mm-hmm. Really good. You sub Duncan for Tyler, and all of a sudden your defensive rating is 123. That's it. one. Are you looking this up on PvP stats? Yeah. Can you give me the three the opponent three point numbers for that? Opponent three point numbers for the Tyler lineup is thirty eight percent. Okay. And for Duncan, and for Duncan, it's thirty three percent. Okay. I think some of that is noise from the collapses against Utah, and some of their other super duper blown leads. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously a lot fewer minutes. Because you know the starters have played 185 minutes, and, and I think that other lineups in like the 20s, right? So it's not totally fair. Oh, shit, the yeah. 20s? No, it's a small sample, but <laughs> it's 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 an alarming, you know, from 98 to 123. Yeah, that's 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 very stark. But like that was that was my first guess. Like it has to be some three point shooting look. Yeah, five percent in in the twenty minutes could probably could swing that a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I mean, but and I mean, it's surprising that they haven't gone to that lineup a ton. That that is, I imagine, their best lineup, depending on what Depot gives you. At least right now, that's probably what you what you yeah. is, is their best chance. But mm-hmm. that's their closing lineup, and that's been absolutely gassed. And that's those are the lineups that get clobbered by the by Utah and all those other teams. So it's. It's a little concerning. I do think, Nikias, that Tyler... I think Tyler's defense late in games has been an issue. I think in that Washington game, that was one where they're hunting that switch. They get it. Mm-hmm. And PJ starts having to cheat, and it's easy swing-swing to, you know, decent to good shooters. And then, you know, all of a sudden, it's a fire drill. 
Yeah, and in a case like that, where and that was the closing lineup for that group, right? That was yes. Kyle, Tyler, and Pete. They drop. But you want they you drop. want Tyler in a drop? <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying like have him fight over. So like if, if you're Beal, right, and, and KCP's going to screen for you, so you you get Tyler in front of you, and then you know if 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 Bam's on Kuz in the corner, right? Because they sometimes they go really small with Kuz at the five, like you know then. You know, Bam has to cheat off the shooter anyway, so you're still getting, you know, your your defense is still getting in rotation. I guess yeah, it's I just, just a little later in the clock. Yeah, like I think just in a situation like that, like I'm just, I'm just forcing those guys to knock down pull up jumpers. It's kind of where I'm at, as opposed to you get the clean switch and then you're just he's getting beat off the dribble. That's just how they've done it though. Like Frank, yeah, you're I, nodding. It's just like that's what they do. Yeah, I, I, that's what we're saying. Or we don't agree with what, what team. What, <laughs> Nick Kyrs, what team drops there? Like, what team will drop their small? Milwaukee. No, I'm, Milwaukee. No, I'm, I guess I'm saying like if they were attacking. I guess my thing is I wouldn't want them forcing the switch. I guess, but like, what thing. team? But they, it, you, okay, I got you now. They're going guard, guard there. In that yeah. case, I'm, I'm just saying edge to recover. Hedge and recover, recover hard. Well, that's what they that's what they did in the bubble, right? And that's how they survived the Tyler lineups. But that that's what the thing. Because when you do that, you're they're they're hunting that matchup and they're wasting clock. And then if they once they finally get it, they've got eight seconds on the clock. When you do it initially, you got 18 seconds on the clock. You don't get that shot initially, kick, swing, rotate around, get it right back, and you. you still have eight seconds on the clock to attack that matchup. And that's what that's what it, it annoys me with the switching on bam too. Because you do that shit so early and you're Letting them get whatever the hell they want, anyways. There you go. So, I, just to clarify, I was saying like Miami should be using like against Washington, like using drop as a base, not necessarily if they run guard, guard, and drop Tyler. Like, no, you're not going to put Tyler in the drop. <laughs> I think I so saw, I think we all kind of agree that when they're healthy, their defense <laughs> is going to be really good and they're built for the playoffs. I think yeah. it's their defense in particular. I think some of their shit is really frustrating, uh, as with any Spo team. But I think there is a method to the madness. Um, it would be nice if they won a couple more regular season games, but you know it is what it is. Um, you know, and I, I've told the story before. It was it was the day of the Clipper game, and Brady Hawk, shout out to Brady Hawk of uh, Five Reasons, tweeted out, "This this is a this feels like a big game. They got to win this one." And I woke up feeling the same way because they're coming off the Lakers loss. And I saw Mr. Bill, he Twitter OG, said, kid, there are no such things as big games in November. And I was like, Mr. Bill is right. What the <laughs> fuck are we talking about? It's November. We got to all chill out. I was like, thank you, Mr. Bill. I was lost. <laughs> I was lost, too. I was like, oh, man, they really got to win this Clipper game. Back-to-back losses. Jimmy, oh, th- that was their third loss because they lost at Denver. So, you know, we're doing a quarter season reaction. Let's not freak out. I said this in our group chat earlier. Uh, Nikaz, you remember this? The Clippers a couple years ago were the number one seed in the West going into All-Star break. They then finished the year the eighth seed, and they lost to the Warriors in six in the first round. Yeah, failed pretty quickly, yeah. that Listen, even at All-Star break, things can change at the drop of the hat, especially in a, in a conference like the East where I think one and I think one and eight are separated by three games or something like that. It's it's like pretty – Milwaukee's coming, finally. It's been a while, but they're, they're, they're right on the heels. Not like the West with a separation. Yeah, Brooklyn is the one seed, and uh, the eight seed is Cleveland. It's three and a half games. So, yep. and then extends to Boston at eleven, who are also three and a half games. Back. So Jesus like, Christ! Toronto, listen, Toronto's Toronto's five. Toronto's uh, two and a half games behind the Knicks. Uh, 
Two and a half games behind brass. the Knicks? Hmm, interesting, interesting. Take them out, brass. So, you know, <laughs> that's where we are. Let's do a couple quick hitters before we get out of here. Um, how you guys feel about Caleb Martin? Because I've been super impressed with him, especially on that two-way deal. I imagine they're going to have to convert that at some point. He's been exceptional for them. I, I think he's been a better Derek Jones Jr. I don't think he's as good at the things that Derek is specifically good at, but he's like almost as good. And he does like a couple other things like dribble, uh, like dribble you know, uh, shoot a little better. They're plus 10 with him on the court, uh, you know, almost plus 11. That's impressive for a, a two way guy um, who's just contributed a, a ton of minutes. I, I, I don't know if you guys are as impressed with him as I am, but very nice addition. I am. I am surprised that he matters, <laughs> which sounds a lot harsher than I want it to be. But like he was on a two way deal. He was kind of a random swing on a wing type deal with Miami not really wanting to fill the last roster spot, period, because tax stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever. Not counting uh, pockets today. That's a different podcast. But uh, you don't even say his name. Who you really oh, the, wanted to go after? The, oh the, no, that, no, that's a different argument. That's a, that 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 is an entirely different podcast itself. But no, like I, like Caleb Martin was just a guy who's going to be a live body. Is what I thought he's. There we be. go. And <laughs> never been. Udonis, by the way, plus fourteen uh, on the court. Oh, oh yeah. brother, is he better than Duncan Robinson? Opponent three point percentage fourteen. <laughs> the UD um, thing. I mean, he, come on. Yeah, go he's, ahead. He's doing the thing. But, <laughs> but no, like he he has really brought some solid wing defense to the fray. Like I like the random cuts. I like that he can attack a closeout with some fervor. And like he's filling the gaps for this heat team. Like again, I'm a little alarmed that he's now like the seventh man right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the state of the roster right now, depth-wise. But he's making the most of his minutes. Like I'm impressed. Frankie. Yeah, I, I'm definitely surprised by him. I saw I saw a couple of possessions in preseason, and I'm like, man, the F, it's preseason, but you're a two-way guy. You you better take advantage of your minutes and, like, our first play on defense, and he's, like, nonchalant and stuff. But uh, energetic-wise, he's been great. He's He brings some life and springiness that they've been missing, um, and he brings a lot of competitive flair that they, they – need at time from the young the youth like you need you need a guy a young guy who's just gonna run out there and not be afraid of who he's guarding not be afraid of anything because he doesn't know any better and that's kind of the guy <laughs> he's been uh i don't agree that he's been better than Derek, uh because Derek was really 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 good defensively and they used him uh on ball and at their help uh, i think Derek is very overrated defensively I don't know. I think I think you're overrating Caleb then, because no, 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 no. I'm not saying that Caleb's a stopper, but I think that people calling Derek Jones a stopper. Oh, I don't um, think he was a stopper, but I think he he made a lot of plays at the rim. He's survivable. And, yeah, he and he was he was a great in 15 minutes of action. Like he he gave you great en- en- energy, and uh, but Caleb's done a really good job sp- running the lanes, and they when J- especially when Jimmy's been out, they missed that guy who was running in transition hard and. And not only just running transition, but being able to beat a man in transition. He's been good. I'm I'm happy about him. Um, I and I think I don't know if he'll be a part of their playoff rotation. I certainly hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I like him, uh, and as much as I like Gabe, you know, who by the way has been another revelation on this road trip. Um, knocking down shots. My guy, dude. He's looked good. I think you said he kind of 
He's sneaky good slasher, can get to the rim, can make some plays, good on defense. Uh, I feel bad when Spo makes some full-court press guys, like Gabe's got to get his steps in or something. Like, you got, <laughs> got the Fitbit on, you know what I mean? Like, Man. But I mean, but that's... You got to do it. That, you got to do it. I mean, I, I think if he can if he can kind of stabilize the shooting, you know, that that's going to be huge for them just as, a, as, a, as an innings eater in the regular season. We didn't talk too much about Tyler and and Nikas and I discussed a little bit like pre-show. It's not much to say. I mean, the dude's just fucking playing great basketball. Like, there's not much to analyze. The dude's hitting shots. Getting. I mean, I, I think he's the kind of guy that you kind of see what you get, you know. And I think we've talked a lot, and I think there's been a lot of just general talk about how good Tyler's been. Clearly, six men of the year front runner. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about his defense, but I mean, the dude is, the dude's great. Maybe I, I don't know if you guys want to do. Do you feel like they they devolve into a little too much? um tyler ball when he's on the floor does that concern you at all or do you think that they have the right balance um like it's hard to say no considering he's just knocking down shots to the three that he is um i do wish it was a little bit more organic with him at times like they've relied on him a lot particularly late in games so like i wish they could take a little bit of burden off him this is why i like him playing with kyle with the second unit because kyle can take some of that creation duty off of him and then he can just finish possessions for you other than that, like he's been really freaking good. Also, if I could just say, we don't need to put Tyler here on the starting lineup yet. Thank you. If Why are okay. we saying that? Like people are just, talking about that. Like it just doesn't matter. Like you start Tyler and then Duncan's your first sub anyway. Like what? Why is this even? Why is this a thing? I know that some people are concerned about the slow starts, but their bench units are just crushing. By the way, that lineup. Kyle Tyler plus seven per 100 possessions, 114 O rating, 106 D rating, 107 D rating, um, 31% opponent three point shooting. Like it's really good. Like just like a really good solid lineup. And I, I think that Tyler's really good for them because in a team with overpassers, he's the dude that'll finish plays, right, Frankie? Like he's not going to be scared to shoot. And when, you know, a lot of these dudes can get a little bit passive, and Tyler is just has the happiest trigger. <laughs> it's good no, without, without a doubt um he's he's been fantastic getting his shots getting his looks um i talked about bam uh having to create for himself tyler was at 47 percent of his twos assisted on his first year 46 last year he's at 28.1 percent on his twos assisted he is creating a lot inside the arc uh, his threes, he's he's down from uh, he was 78.4, 72.9. He's at 62.3 right now of his per- threes being assisted on. He's shooting at a, a high clip right now. He's at 39%, 39.8% from three. Um, he's doing a lot. I like I, I like that Nikias mentioned the uh, adding Lowry more to the second unit to help take off some of that burden. I am just concerned that he's not going to last uh, being heavily relied on like that, but Without Kyle in the back of court, uh, getting those minutes and taking some of that creation burden off of him, who's going to create shots for him on the second unit? Tyler, by the way, Frankie, 37% on pull-up threes, which is just a really good figure for him. 43 on catch and shoots. So just That's where you want Bam to switch on him if, <laughs> if he was facing him. Switch yeah. on Ka- Tyler, not, not Monte Morris, please. <laughs> TJ McConnell. I just pictured TJ McConnell just run dribbling by Bam, not even shooting the ball. <laughs> He's taking a creep- little four foot jumper, creeping up on fifty percent pull up mid range shooting, which is just really exceptional for him. He's getting been to his, outstanding, getting to his spots. Um, let's. I want to talk about the close with the mechanic. Uh, our boy, Mister Deadman, 
But before that, let's quick on Markeef. Uh, what have you guys liked about him? You know, he's been out. Um, you know, hopefully he comes back soon. That's a scary injury. How have you liked his fit, Nikias? Because I was super out on him early and I really came around. Uh, I was not a fan. He blew my expectations out of the water. Um, have liked the, uh, I think it was Siobhan that uh, actually did a video breakdown on him a little bit earlier this season about how he's kind of filling in those gaps in the mid-range area. Yep. And it's kind of relocating there and getting some easy, some easy release valve shots there. So, like, he's doing that. He's competing on defense. Um, have not seen – it's funny because, like, my thought for Marquis heading into the Denver game was like, okay, he's been better than I expected. We haven't really seen any of the antics from him either. Like, he's just kind of just been being – What do you mean antics? That was a take foul. No, I'm saying it. I was like, okay, he's really been kind of quiet on that front. And then all of that happens. Dirty play. And we have not seen – and he he just doesn't have a neck anymore, I guess. So, now we don't get to see Marquise anymore. So, I, <laughs> yeah, they've hit on all these value contracts. Gabe, P. Struess, remarkable. Struess. <laughs> um, Frankie, quick, quick on Keith. By the way, I think the most impressive thing about Keith is Keith and Deadman lineups plus ten net rating, one twenty five O rating. That is to me, brothers. That is to me in seventy minutes. That's to me the most yeah. surprising thing. That those dudes on the court together have a fucking blistering offense. Keith shooting 36% from three right now. He's uh, better 36. than Duncan, baby. Yeah, there you go. Per 36, he's uh, <laughs> averaging two, uh, 2.5 offensive rebounds in those limited minutes per 36, of course. But offensive rebounds, that's that's another way where they were getting easy looks inside because he was he was crashing the glass and you know, it's it's bad enough you got to battle Deadman inside, but now another guy who's not afraid to throw his weight around, and Markeith is gonna do so, and uh, he and Markeith will crash the boards hard, and he's hitting those uh, three point catch and shoot shots. He's he's attacking the the uh, on the slips, hitting that pull up shot, that mid range shot, um, and he and they were running uh, some post up options. He's just a release valve. Like I I thought it was a great value for a minimum deal. Like he's a guy who ca- who can score in bunches. Uh, in different spots, um, he's not like a one-dimensional shooter or scorer. He's just a terrible decision maker, and but he's playing. He's trying to like re-earn his way back into a, a spot on the league, and he's got he's around a bunch of guys who he respects. And I feel like that's always the best place to get one of those guys that you need to like get in in order, like a J.R. Smith. Like when J.R. Smith landed in Cleveland, they were like, "Oh shit, that's like." A good spot because he loves he respects the hell out of LeBron and he's gonna do what he should be doing more times than not. I feel like you can offensive like, rebounds not resounding. I feel like you can like cut that sound and take it back to like 2016, just play all that for James Johnson. Yeah, that's what this sounds like. Shout out to Siobhan and Chad Juice because they operate different but near enough floor space on the floor. Keith Deadman high low is an actual thing. It is. Uh Keith, by the way, and center lineup, so no bam and no deadman. Uh, they're also good. They're they're plus eleven in those minutes. Um, you know, before we get to the mechanic, I, I wanted to check something. So Stru, so if you take out Duncan and you put Struess in the starters, they have a net rating of one hundred and six. So yeah. I think oh, clearly, your answer. yeah, clearly Struce. in like two minutes, they clearly got to start Struess. <laughs> I think that this is this is what this has to be. So Eric Spolstra, you heard it here first. Um, let's close the show with the mechanic. Mr. Dwayne Dedman, Mr. Dedman, Uncle Love on the, the Block. Shirt. Love the shirt. Get your shirt now. If you don't, if you don't know, go uh check out, check and chat. 
for our merch store. Um, we have we have a Mr. Deadman mechanic shirt. It, it is hot. It is fire. They're flying off the shelf. So t- take that. If you're a patron, you get 20% off. So check your Patreon discount code. Um, Deadman has been incredible. I think he's been as I can imagine you want more out of your backup center. It's outrageous the production they get out of him. Good spot starter, plus 14 net rating when he's on, 122 offensive rating uh, when he plays. His synergy with Tyler off the bench in particular has been incredible. They're plus 23 in those lineups, net rating. Um, they just clobber teams. Deadman and Jimmy, the connection is still there. They're still incredible. They're still blasting teams together. Plus 14 net rating. I think every Deadman combination is plus. I think the the just without even shooting a lot of threes, it's just offensive rebounding, good screening, really securing rebounding. They do play a drop with Deadman, um, which is a nice change of pace. Uh, oh. And they're just clobbering. You know, when, when we talked about the Heat's one weakness was going to be depth. I think if anything, the show we talked about, it's not really a depth problem. They've had some injuries, and when their top guys are hurt, you know it's going to be difficult for any team to win. But they're getting like legitimate good production out of every guy on their bench. Uh, we talked Caleb, Struess, you know, Tyler, Keith, all these dudes. And I think none more surprising than I guess it's not surprising if you watch last season, but Nikias, I mean, with this guy, and I, I sing his praises because I love it. I see, I see the Deadman emotes in the chat. Uh, this dude has been outstanding for them. Uh, two things. One, vindication. I was pounding the table for Dwayne Deadman last year. Played well last year, playing well again this year. Number two, you are burying the lead with Dwayne Deadman. With all the pleasantries you spoke, you missed out on the fact that Dwayne Deadman Leads the Miami Heat in three-point percentage this year. It's like 75%, right? Or 50? Shooting 60%, 60% from three. Let's go! Better than Duncan. Shoot it! We got trailer three Dwayne Dedman back. I thought he was lost in Atlanta. <laughs> just don't, you know, just don't even look at the volume. The a lot gets lost in Atlanta. But, uh, <laughs> tell me about it. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to Lou Will. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, see, that's where you end the show. But, no, I, I really, <laughs> but no, I've, I've really enjoyed watching Dwayne Dedman play, man. Like, the, he's catching lobs this year. I'm just like, yo, you're getting eight inches off the ground. You're still dunking. This is very cool. It's really good stuff. Like, he just does the little thing. Like, it's so ironic to me, if I could tap into my fandom a little bit. It's so ironic to me that he's wearing number 21 as he sets these <laughs> bone crushing screens. And freeze all these ball handlers. Get him. It plays and drop and plays discipline and contest shots. Get him. Jumping all over the place. It's 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 a joy to watch Dwayne Devin play basketball. How did you feel That's... about the ejection the other night? Soft uh, ejection, IMO. Yeah. Uh, uh, come on. <laughs> He kicked the Come. chair like three rows. In. Like, when Dirk, when Dirk kicks a chair, it becomes part of his legacy. When Deadman does it, it's suddenly a crime. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like I, I get it, but also like, eh, eh, do it. like maybe the chair had bad vibes. Did anyone consider that? I, I, so I, I don't even know what he was upset about that play. They don't either. They saw a chair fly. <laughs> 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 Let's get him out of here. 
Oh, he's been great though. He's I was surprised that his his uh around the rim numbers are a lot lower than last year. I mean, last it was also last year he shot like 70% around the rim and uh this year, you know, he's 64. he's more he's he's a lot closer to like uh league average than, than last year. He, he was the 99th percentile at the rim yeah. last season. <laughs> he was incredible. Uh but he's shown a little more explosiveness. And uh, he, he's and after the preseason, we were kind of worried about him because he kind of like he had the gout shuffle going on more oh, more man. frequently. And um, I can't believe you, we got that man to say gout shuffle. <laughs> but he's uh, he's been so fun to watch, man. Seeing him with Jimmy and, and Tyler set screens. I'm still I still want to see get a peek at the uh, Deadman and uh, Bam lineup. See it. See it. I guess it will be out three games. Carl oh. Deanna. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't need no, to see that. No, just no. I want to see it. I don't need to bigs. see it. I don't want to see it. They already run. They, listen, Keith. I've seen Keith and Bam. That, that's as far as I go. How do you feel about the Keith Bam minutes? Uh, they they're plus. It doesn't look nice, but <laughs> they work. You know what I mean? Like I can't. A lot of Keith minutes don't. They're they're rough around the edges, but I, I mean, nice. huh? They don't look nice, but the numbers work. And I mean, they're 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 plus. Do you think? Do you think he's part of their playoff rotation? I think so, right? Are, I think. Yeah. I mean, I know it's early. He finds his neck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful for him to play basketball. I'd say their bench has been really good, but their bench has has honestly been the best part of this season for them. A revelation. And yeah, but, and, and that that concerns me a little bit going into the playoffs. Because those cute bench lineups, you know, you got to play your starters more and you don't get to play against second units as much. Um, but it is good. For, and I, I think for them in particular, it is good during the regular season for that to carry them. They can get some of their older guys a little bit of rest. They can survive. I think considering all the injuries they've had, uh, I think it's this is as good a record as you could have hoped going in. I think if you were to tell me Jimmy would miss this many games, Bam would miss this many games, Kyle would miss this many games, I would tell you, I, I, okay, this sounds about 500. Uh, the the fact that they're the fourth highest net rating in the in the league, uh, second highest in the East. You take that, mm-hmm. you absolutely take that, and I think that for people that are upset and are disappointed because they lose at home, you know, to the Nuggets or they blow a lead against the Wizards, I think, I think you guys have to understand that the the NBA is a long season, and yes. well, listen, as if you remember those big three, nine and eight happened. They had home losses to every small white point guard imaginable, right? Like it, it was frustrating at all times, you know, the Wade hitting the the damn basket at, at the end of that Oklahoma City game for that no call, you know, the 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 call by I think it was Mike Tirico, the Miami Heat can't close again as they don't get a win in Chicago late game when they struggle with their execution. So I want I want the fan base to chill a little bit. This is a good basketball team with I mean, let's be honest, three Hall of Fame players, you know, in Bam, Kyle, and Jimmy. Deadman. And <laughs> Deadman's a fourth. I mean, he's on his way to he's on his way to Springfield. I mean, oof. um, so I don't know. Am I being I mean, that's this is kind of what I wanted to close out the show with. Am I being like on I, I I think I'm being fair. Like I think they they're good. They're gonna be around a 50 win team. They're not gonna be breaking any records, and they're not they're probably not gonna be a one seed. But as long as they can nab the three or four seed, I think that's fine. It's kind of where a lot of people projected them on the high end, right? It was yeah. 
Milwaukee, Brooklyn, or Brooklyn, Milwaukee, whichever one, and then the second tier. And like if Miami's at the top of that, that's kind of where you want to be anyway. And like they're a team that's built for the playoffs anyway. So yeah, you kind of have to take what the result is. If they can somehow avoid, you know, Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the second round, that's obviously the ideal, you know, probably not going to happen, but they're better than Chicago and they're better than Washington. Right? They're, they're better than those teams. And Philly. <laughs> I saw that Embiid almost died from COVID. Is, did I get that right? He said I was I didn't think I'd make it. Was he fighting he a tiger or a lion? Huh? I don't know like, when to believe. You know how guys like to I, I don't want to call anybody a liar, but like, damn, that's scary. I mean, like very early on, because him and Tobias Harris said at the same time, but Doc Rivers said early on when they asked me, I was like, oh, they're not doing well. I'm just like, oh. This is not one of those uh, those mild cases that asymptomatic, you... yeah. And yeah, and it's... I think Embiid's vaccinated, correct? I think so. Yeah, it's hard to tell yeah. after after Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> oh God, so, Frankie, do you have thoughts on the? <laughs> oh, they've already asked me this. God damn it! It's so, it sucks. How did it feel to, to cancel Aaron Rodgers? Ah, <laughs> I, I I you know the worst part was I wasn't surprised. <laughs> he seemed he seemed like one of those guys that was like, uh, I'm smarter than everyone else because yeah. I think outside the box. This is the Eagles yeah. fan over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, man, I he always, Jalen Hurts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. You know? Yeah. Trevi. Like, Trevi. Trevi. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Trev. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good. No, he's not. He struggled, oh. but he's good. No, he's good. He's, he's good. He's good. Him, uh, but he, he, he just always struck me as one of those guys who thinks he's smarter because there's a lot of those guys who because they're smart in one field they think they have the key to being smart in every field and that's he always struck me as that kind of guy so i'm f- happy to just be a fan of him as a player and not aaron <laughs> aaron strikes me as a person who reads one book and is like yeah this is it and this like he'll quote that book like all the time but that's like you the only book, book he's read but he does you he know, does it with a different group of people every time. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they all just think he's just just smart. No, Maybe he, he only read the first couple of chapters, so like he doesn't even go past that. You know, be like, oh no, and it's some some like fake smart book like The Catcher in the Rye. It's it's something like that where he's like, wow, I've I've got this new perspective. I'm thinking like Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> <laughs> or what's that? Uh, what's that one that it's like? Uh, how do I, the subtle lie the the way of not giving a fuck the subtle art of not giving a fuck yeah. something like that he's like that's oh. jay cutler's book that's jay, that is jay cutler's book yeah that's oh, what that's... you saw how lebron uh is kind of pivoting back to basketball because lebron's health and safety protocols yep that laker season has gone fucking sideways fast hell yeah listen jesus Christ. shout out to brass <laughs> what did you say i said shout out to brass when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.